0: Simplicity and ease is what you get when you host your podcast with Audio Boom. You can post up to five episodes per month. You get unlimited storage and 500 minutes of recording time for each episode. Plus, advanced analytics, embeddable players, distribution of your podcast via Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Sovin, Spotify, and Stitcher. Pending approval by each platform. Right now, you can sign up for Audioboom's $9.99 monthly subscription plan and get your first month free by using promo code BOOM. That's B-O-O-M for one month free of hosting and distribution. Sign up for our $9.99 monthly subscription plan today.
1: This is the
0: MLW Radio Network.
1: Primetime with Sean Mooney is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Check out dollarshaveclub.com. They deliver everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Prime Time with Sean Mooney coming off our On the Road edition with Axe and Smash of Demolition. And uh, that may have been one of our uh, most interesting at least uh, when you consider the logistics that were involved in this. Uh, I explained last week how it all happened. You know, I was trying to track down Barry Darso, and then I ran into them at WrestleMania, at WrestleCon, and Bill Eadie was with him. We exchanged phone numbers, and I said, You know, I just want to get you guys on. I was thinking, you know, I'd get them on separately, something like that. And then Barry, I called Barry, left the message. He got back to me with this great idea that they were going to be heading to the show outside of Chicago. He said, hey, we'll just get on the phone because we've got a two hour car ride to where this event was. And I, I immediately wow, that's awesome. I mean, how can we pass that up? And then I'm thinking, how the hell are we gonna do that? Because there's two guys in a car and one phone, but they were being driven by somebody. They had a car pick them up, and they just went back and forth with the phone and it, it worked out. And it was it was fun. It was a great, great conversation. And um We had, uh, you know, talking about the old days, and and we got into a conversation about the WWE Hall of Fame, and that that blew up. That uh, clip that we've, uh, we ended up sending it out because so many people were commenting on it, just got an incredible response, and uh, that was just one of my favorite episodes. I love talking with both of those guys. I'm going to have to try and do more of those uh, combo deals when we get, you know, two guys on together. And uh, that was awesome. We follow that up with another great conversation this week. Kevin Von Erich joins us of the legendary Von Erich family. And uh, I don't know if you are aware of uh, what Kevin's up to these days, but he's lived in Hawaii for, I think he said, uh, over 10 years now. I think like 12 years. He lives on Kauai in a very isolated area. And um, really interesting to think that what this guy has been through in his life uh, you've heard all about, the, you know, the curse of the family. I mean, he lost uh, his entire family at this point. He's he's the only, he's it. But he said, you know, I really had nowhere else to go. You can imagine the grief that this guy has lived with throughout his life, but he's in a really good place. We had a, a great conversation and you are going to hear that in this episode. Uh, before we get there, lots to talk about. I am very excited about being a part of StarCast, which is, of course, centering around the event that Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks have put together, All In, which is taking place August 30th through September 2nd. That's StarCast. And of course, the All In event happening September 1st at the Sears Center in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. And uh, what is so incredible about this event is they wanted to sell 10,000 tickets. And it happened when they put these on sale, it sold out in less than a half an hour, 29 minutes and some change. And that is just incredible. I think it really sends a really strong message out there about how uh, these indie operations, these organizations are really starting to emerge. People are getting behind them. And uh, I heard Cody Rhodes talking on the E&C podcast. They had him on recently and he, he was absolutely blown away. I mean, he was confident that they would sell a lot of tickets, but he said, you know, I thought maybe, I think he said 4,000 maybe that first weekend, and then, uh, you know, we'd kind of try and fill it up as we went. And so he was just absolutely blown away. But I think it's a really, really good sign of uh, that people are checking into these alternatives out there, and they're getting excited about having other options. You know, of course, the WWE is go, not going away anytime soon. That's, that's uh, obvious. But it's great to have these other uh, independent operations taking place where... A lot of these stars can emerge, uh, they offer a different product. And uh, I'm really, really excited about being a part of Starcast. They're going to have so many uh, things happening there. I don't know if you've made plans already to, to be there, or you were one of the lucky ones who got uh, platinum or gold uh, tickets to the event. But there's you know, this isn't your typical guy sitting at tables and you walking around and, and you know getting autographs and pictures. This, there, this is you talk about interactive. Uh, Where, you know, they're having the the karaoke's and they're going to have these uh, forums where they're going to debate, uh, you know, different events and the WCW and all these people are going to be there. It's just going to be a fantastic weekend and I am looking forward to it. Uh, I want a big thank you to all you folks out there who have subscribed to our YouTube channel, uh, Primetime with Sean Mooney. Uh, We just, you know, we started building this just a few months ago. And uh, we've seen it grow. Uh, you know, starting we reached 100. That was a milestone. And uh, you know, as we we got to 500, we started putting out some bonus material. And uh, since then, we are now over 1,100 subscribers on our YouTube channel. And uh, when we've been meet, reaching these milestones, we've been putting up more and more bonus material. Now, already on our YouTube channel, there is tons of content. We have. You know, many of the uh, episodes that have already been uh, put up on iTunes and the other platforms, well, after a a week or so, we put those up on YouTube. So all of those episodes are up. But when we put up this bonus material, folks, when we do that, that is exclusive to our YouTube channel. So uh, one of the last things we put up was the conversation that I had with uh, the Nasty Boys, Brian Knobs and Jerry Sags, when I was at WrestleCon. And uh, I still have some of that material. And uh, when we reach... Uh, when we reach 2,000, because you know it's just starting to snowball, so it's it's really exciting. We're going to put up another full episode that has never uh, been put up on a platform. That we've got some episodes left over from the uh, the premium site that not a lot of people listen to, so those are still coming. So uh, go to our, our YouTube channels. Primetime with Sean Mooney. You can get there very, very easily. You don't even have to go to youtube.com or any of that. All you have to do is go to primetimemooney.com. Primetimemooney.com. It takes you directly there, and subscribe, and then uh, listen to your heart's content or your ears' content. Uh, you, we've got so much great stuff up there, and uh, it's going to keep coming. Uh, we've got the teas going. Uh, not a whole lot of action there. We've got, you know, I love these teas. I'm surprised that more people haven't. Uh, been checking them out, but uh, that's easy too. just go to mooneytees.com and uh, check those those great new designs we have out there. Uh, before we get to this conversation, I want to take a minute to talk to all of my listeners you know who have to get out that razor every day and shave. Yeah and uh, maybe you have a problem beard too because I do. I have uh, first of all I have here's the list. I have very sensitive skin. I've got a very thick beard. It's that Irish blood in me. And um, it, draw, it grows in different directions. You know, my, my cheeks—it's kind of—I got to shave down. On my neck, I got to shave up. Well, uh, I'll tell you, a Dollar Shave Club—I, I, you know—I've been hearing everybody talking about it, and I said, okay, i want to check it out. I wanna, and they are a sponsor, so uh, awesome. uh, obviously, I want to check it out. And I uh, go to uh, work in the middle of the night. I host a television show in the morning, so I get up and I have to shave, and it, you know, I'm half asleep anyway. But uh, when I did uh, use it for the first time, I hadn't shaved for a few days, and I'm telling you, it was a tremendous experience. I I, I really, and I I am the. I'll tell you, I've tried so many different razors, but uh, you know, with Dollar Shave Club, it was it was just awesome. And uh, you get that uh, Dr. Carver shave butter because it's not regular like regular shaving cream. It's uh, you know medicated. It said you know this feels really good on your beard. And you can, it's, it's not real thick. So when you put it on, you can see the whiskers when you're shaving so you don't uh, miss anything. And they've got those six-bladed razors, that executive razor. So um, check it out, really. If, if you've ever had problems shaving or getting a really good shave, uh, you got to go to uh, dollarshaveclub.com. They deliver everything. That's the other thing. You don't have to go shopping for this. They send it to you. everything and they've got all these great other items too they've got shampoo body wash even toothpaste and then they also have those uh, one wipe charlie's you know what you do with those so they they don't go on your face but uh anyway guys clean up your bathroom and your morning routine join dollar shave club today for just five bucks and you're gonna get free shipping with that and you're gonna get the six blade executive razors uh and the razor uh, handle there And uh, trial sizes of the Shave Butter, Body Cleanser, and the One Wipe Charlie's, as I mentioned. And then just keep those blades coming for a few bucks a month to get that deal and a tremendous shaving experience. Take it from me. All you have to do is go to dollarshaveclub.com slash primetime. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash primetime. And then get ready for a great shave. All right. Let's get to it. Let's hear this conversation with Kevin Von Eric. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, Folks, we've got uh, a very special guest with us today. It's uh, someone I've wanted to talk to for a very long time. I uh, had an opportunity to get to know one of the family members pretty well during my time with the WWF, uh, WWE. Uh, I want to welcome Kevin Von Erich of the legendary Von Erich family. Kevin, uh, thank you so much for coming on Primetime. How are you?
2: It's my pleasure, Sean. How are you?
1: i'm i'm fantastic i think you're better than me though right right now because you're in hawaii where you live and uh i know that they've got some volcanic activity over there but it's uh it's it just must be a a tremendous place to live
2: well we're kind of spread out we're not uh you know the big island is uh 300 miles away from here to the east we're in boy, uh, it's the other end of the island chain and it's uh a little more north, but we're a good 300 miles. But the trade winds do bring that gas by us every now and then, and so it is something to consider. But uh, you know, it's it's pretty diluted from after coming 300 miles. So you know, it's not we're not in a bad way, thank goodness. No. But uh, sure, feeling sorry for those people on the big island that they're not, they're having trouble.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we see it every day. You know, I'm a, a news anchor. I do a, a morning show here in Arizona, and you know, uh, Kevin, it seems like you know, whenever an event happens and all we see it is through our, our television screens and the video that they capture and they have these live events, you know, uh, all this happening right as it's going on. We see the big lava flows and it looks like, uh, you know, when you see stuff like that, you're going, boy, all of, all of Hawaii is under this big uh, threat of a volcano. But that really isn't the case though, is it? And that's also kind of a a sparse area of uh, a population too, where that, that volcano is actually happening, Right
2: well it is yeah we're we're an island that really don't uh we don't really uh b- want, they, they they act like they don't want the tourist industry really in fact those using bumper stickers, to say keep it quiet you know because right. we have a really big surf here uh, we have more drownings than any other island though we have really strong currents and yeah. really high surf and uh there's only 70,000 people on the island, but it's, it's an extreme island. It's a, but, it, but there's more waterfalls than any other island. We have a lot more rain than the others. It's quite a bit different. The water is even one degree cooler. And so we have more, more diverse fish, they say, too. But, uh, so, and we do fish. We spear fish, and we fish with the rod and reel. So we live a natural life out here. I wanted to raise my sons completely. I knew that uh, I wanted a completely natural life for them. My father was a was an athlete, and all of my brothers were. And uh, when you decide something's going to be your living, you put all of yourself into it. And so lo and behold, I raised my sons to be athletes. I wanted to be optimum conditions, and came out here, and and I, they don't have the preservatives and the food colorings and the flavorings and the dyes <laughs> and all that that, that, right. that are in foods. And you wonder. You know, people are sick. They. Are, I just wanted to avoid that, John. I wanted to do my best out here. They don't even put fluoride in the water.
1: Well, wow. so how long have you been there? Because uh, I, I know it's been a while, and I will get into how you ended up getting there uh, as we get along with this conversation. But uh, how long have you been there?
2: I think it's about twelve years now.
1: Really. And you just, uh, I mean, was it one of those kind of things that, uh, you'd been there a few times and said, you know, if I was going to go live somewhere or was it one of those kind of point of place on the map and say, okay, we're going there.
2: Well, actually it wasn't showing. It was, yeah. uh, you know, I had some, um, I wanted to raise my kids in a, you know, like I told you optimum conditions, but right. uh, I was looking at Costa Rica. I wanted really? to live down there and I was looking at property all along the Pacific coast from, uh, uh, um from capos all the way down to um uh, to Golfito and uh, i mean the the, uh, the the what's that peninsula osa peninsula down in great break all yeah. along that we were just that was beautiful to me that's what i wanted but the spanish and uh the schools it was just too tough and we just really got lucky to find this place out here because i i wanted to just get away but i needed the ocean you know we yeah. needed the uh, and, and I, I travel and i've come to love the ocean and my sons do too and so you know it's uh it's been a really good place for us to raise our my grandchildren out here it's really right
1: on are you nice right on, you right on the live. water there or
2: no we're about three miles off the beach kind of up oh. in the mountains
1: yeah yeah that's that's fantastic we, yeah. okay uh like i said we'll we'll get into uh Really how you guys ended up there. But, you know, uh, Kevin, as as people get into the, you know, the legend of the Von Erich family and there's always, you know, the they say there's the curse surrounding uh, the family and all of this that goes on the way. And I think what what got lost in a lot of this over the oh, years, is, you know, of, of who those brothers are, who the brothers were. And, you know, I want to take you back a bit, but but tell me what what it was like in those early days with the brothers. I know there was a tragedy early with the loss of your your brother, Jack, but there were some wonderful years, I I would think, and maybe you'll tell me different, but uh, as far as uh, how you guys began wrestling, and uh, I I don't think a lot of people know the story.
2: My father was a bad guy, and it was, you (laughs) kind of get that us and them mentality. We were brothers, and we adored each other. We were close where we went. Our dad was a bad guy, but he was our dad, so he was right. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, we couldn't stand to watch when you uh, um, one of the, one of the brothers would be designated to watch one. The other, if we heard booing, we knew Dad was uh, winning. But if we heard cheering, <laughs> we knew Dad was losing. We we couldn't watch if we heard cheering uh-huh. <laughs> because we knew Dad was losing. It's tough on a little boy, but we were really close, and I'm saying that probably had a lot to do with it. It's because it's an us and them kind of mentality, I suppose. But you know, we came to have good friends in school. But as young kids, bet uh, well, that, that did have a lot to do with it.
1: Yeah, and uh, from from very early on, do you just remember going to these matches, just being around the ring, or did you guys have this? Yeah. This was just part of your life.
2: Yeah, it pretty much was. It was. It, it was. You know, there were days I remember when people would wear suits to the. And St. Louis would have yeah. like, the people would have lobster and steak as they watch yeah. the matches and drinks and uh, they wore suits. And it was, they, I think they had that in New York and they had it in Cleveland and uh, may have had it somewhere in Canada too, up in Montreal or Toronto. But, uh, you know, because we did travel, but it was, like you said, it was a, a rain every night, you know, but it was, um, you know, we a lot of times we'd stay at a hotel or uh when we were in Calgary, we stayed with, you know I think we lived up with the hearts for a long time the water wrestlers lived there a big yeah. spread
1: in calgary yeah it, and, it must um, have it, it must have been uh awesome uh having so many brothers around then uh just to give everybody kind of uh, keep them in their minds you know you were you were first born, I think you were born in fifty seven and then uh david uh what a year later than that and, yeah. yeah, and then Carrie. Uh, in 60 and then, uh, Mike a little later on in 64 and then there was Chris in 1969. Right. And was that just uh, madness around the house when you have that many boys <laughs> that, <laughs>
2: yeah, I suppose it was, Yeah. Uh, you know, Hey, you brought that up. I, I was, my little brother, Mike was, a, uh, you know, he probably one of the most misunderstood people in Russell. A lot of people don't think Mike didn't want to wrestle, but he did. Yeah. The truth yeah. was. And a lot of people want to think Mike wasn't an athlete, uh, a good athlete. But I'm gonna tell you, nothing could be farther from the truth. He was an excellent athlete. I came across a newspaper article the other day from junior high, a mm-hmm. track meet where he all you know, mo- most of us we came from a small school. We all ran five events in track, you know. And Terry and I, you know, we were both discus and shot put, and then we also ran the 400 meter. But I ran the high hurdles, and then low hurdles and, you know, we got to no. Anyway, uh, we all had running events. I looked and said, Mike had uh, won all five of his events and four of them were meet records. Three of them were meet records that he had set the year before. Wow. He just never bragged and talked about such things, but he was a stellar athlete. I think probably of all of us, the best at football at that age. I remember, you know, because Dave and I were wrestling so hard when Mike was, uh, going through high school, Kerry was really doing the big brother job, and uh, and so I didn't really know all that, but I knew Mike didn't brag, but he was a good athlete, and people shouldn't say that he wasn't because mm-hmm. it's just it's really not fair. He was a really gifted athlete.
1: So what what other sports did you guys though excel in? Like uh, you said, you were you were all gifted athletes. know uh, well, was was, was football uh, a big part of your lives? Because I mean, Texas and uh, you know football go together. Was there baseball? Did you guys do other things? <laughs>
2: No, we didn't play baseball, but I guess that's just part. Of, yeah, in Texas, you know, that's what yeah. we do. We just, yep. you know, throw the football around. I run the high hurdles, the low hurdles, and high jump 6'6, six, six, you know, and uh, went to state and high jump high hurdles and all. And uh, it was Curie, uh believe it or not, now Kerry, now weighed 198 uh, uh, pounds, you know, which is uh, 200 pounds. Kerry now weighed 220, yeah. and Kerry was high jumping 6'4. So, wow. you, know, you know, that's both of us it, being able to jump over our heads. But for yeah. Terry to, be, to weigh 220 and to get up to 6'4", a lot of people don't realize how much. We figured to be in good shape. Terry and I had a motto where we had to, you know, we'd all run our 400, we'd run five 400 meters on Wednesdays. You know, we'd run five, check your pulse when it goes back to regular, run another one. So Pulls go back another one, another. So we run five on Wednesdays. We do that, yeah. and so we, wow. as long as we kept them all under a minute, as long as we yeah. could high jump over our head and bench press twice our weight, that was uh-huh. our, our, uh, and uh, that was Kind of what
1: Carrie and I uh, considered in shape as long as we could do that, we were, we were good. Yeah. Now but you mentioned kind of mentioned, mentioned the, you mentioned wrestling, and uh, uh, were you training already? uh and with professional uh type moves or were you you know like in high school you know serious wrestlers did you guys do any of that as well
2: uh well as a matter of fact uh i had a small school and only had one wrestling match uh we only had one match with our little high school lake dallas wrestle <laughs> plano high school and uh-huh. they had a state champion there and uh, they had so, but we were. there was we were the only other team that had a wrestling team. the Only school that had a wrestling team, pretty much because of my dad. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, because I weighed 180 pounds at the time, I was a junior, and I, um, they, I wrestled their third biggest guy. They had their biggest guy wrestled our biggest, and we had to do it like that. So I was right. third. Well, first, our first guy got beat. Our second guy got beat, and I won mine. So I can say, in amateur wrestling, I was undefeated.
1: And <laughs>
2: about him fault, who <laughs> he's only had one.
1: <laughs> That's great. But
2: uh, but I did win that. It was a big thing for the for us. But no, because none of us won again. But none of our school won again. But that was a little brag I can give you.
1: Well, you, you know, you look at these pictures back when you guys were kids and, uh, you guys are like Adonises. You look at Carrie and the physique he had. Well, did you guys, did you start lifting weights early Or did you just have, cause some people just do, they have like this natural, uh, physique and, and, and if they have any, they do any kind of athletic activity, activity, they well, just uh, get big. I mean, was well, what was it like? For I you guys?
2: appreciate it. Let me tell you, Kerry was an amazing athlete. It was a th- yeah just a great athlete and as such balance and snap and agility and, and quick thinker, but, but, uh, and, and same with Carrie, uh, Carrie and I looked at rest, at what at the weight room as, uh, just to be better at what we did, you know, to, mm-hmm. to be a better wrestler, to be a better football player, I'll lift your weights And this bodybuilding. I always considered it a joke. I mean, who are you competing against the mirror? To me, it's like a, it, it's, pointless and I uh, really kerry agreed with me on that but for wrestling it became you know it, it was important and yeah. kerry did have a really beautiful body but i i, I really never looked at it like a, a beautiful body type bodybuilder type thing i wanted to be a, a a better wrestler and that's the reason i lifted and ran and did the workouts i did was not to look good was just to be in shape so. wow i mean
1: you look and at these pictures started, though yeah, but you look at you guys. and You look like bodybuilders. It's like amazing that uh, I kind of shape you guys and are The red.
2: thing is, Carrie did like a, it, bodybuilder stuff. You know, he pulled the skin off his chicken and wouldn't put the soy sauce on his rice. And really, even then, stuff like that. You know, but I didn't. I like Twinkies and all that junk food. You know, but I never cared about that. I eat Mexican food all the time. And, you know, it's like, but if, if as long as you go to exhaustion every day. You don't have to worry about what you eat. You know, that's right. just, it doesn't matter. No, that's a That's a, a wise tale, but let me tell you for sure.
1: Where did Kerry all, get that though? So, did he study that stuff uh, to know that, uh, you know, heavy protein, because it wasn't as certainly as well. known. Yeah. You know, we see it today. When he
2: went to the university of Houston, he was a discus thrower. Uh-huh. And he learned a lot from, uh, coach Tom Telez there, who was the, also the Olympic coach. Uh-huh that year, and he had high hopes, you know, and uh, and they had recruited him to, you know, for the Olympics, too. So he was... But it turned out that that Carrie um, was just a good athlete, and when it came to bodybuilding, or when it came to lifting, I don't think he ever was actually a bodybuilder, but he did spend four hours in the gym. I mean, I, I never spent more than 45 minutes, <laughs> uh, but I did work hard during those 45 minutes, yeah. and that's actually a long time, believe it or not. But to carry four hours was... And think about this: anybody that will spend every day four hours in the gym will uh, think about how they When he lost his foot, uh, I, I did. I I was proud of him for Kerry to come back as a wrestler with one foot. I thought was a great thing to be proud of. But he was ashamed of himself. Mm. And someone that spends four hours in the gym, you got to think like him. He was half a man in his mind. He mm. was. Um, it, it was terrible. It's a terrible way to think, buddy. I mean, he's, uh, bodybuilding is maybe it's an image of something that's not really there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you can perform in wrestling. You could still perform without the foot, but I think some, it did something to his psyche. in mm-hmm. that foot? he never really had that light in his eye again after that.
1: Yeah. Of course, you know, it's, it was. It, 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 I was, uh, we're kind of jumping ahead here, but since you mentioned it and, um, you know, I, I remember knowing that or hearing that and really, in a sense, not even believing it because you lose a part of a foot then that people, you know, you lose a toe and their balance is, is affected. And yet yeah. you could never tell really the, his gait was not really, was any, not any uh, different, really that bad much. And you could never mm-hmm. have really have known the way he carried himself and performed in the ring is just amazing.
2: Well, you should have seen him on a unicycle when we uh, were kids. You know those unicycles. Yeah. We we used to uh, play basketball on it, and uh, we could all do it. But Kerry could do all sorts of tricks. He had amazing balance, so yeah. he would he could have ad- adapt real easy. I'm sure.
1: Well, is that yeah? Uh, yeah. And when that when that happened, uh, how long did it take him to? Because uh, you know, God, somebody just like I said, if you lose a toe, it takes a long time to. Be able to just even walk normally um yeah after was, that, that happened that was, really hard. was it
2: um I, I did a thing on vice vice tv came out here for about three days and they had josh had shot something on gino hernandez and they shot something on bruzo brody and they come out and decided to do a a story out here and we just got done i just got through talking to them about the very same thing huh. and so um i'm not sure when that'll be on but i'd plug it if i could but. but um it's people ask that and um you know don't don't be afraid to ask me anything because everything i went through i went through for a reason if i can better if i can do service to somebody help them to help them through something they're going through or or maybe help them make a decision they're faced with right now then i'm up for it 100 there's Mm -hmm. no reason no way i would go through that pointless i'm gonna better my fellow man if i can at all costs that's I know what's important in life is, uh, and I'll answer to that, how I treat my fellow man. I'll do my best mm-hmm. guarantee. You. Uh, so ask me anything. I'll sure be glad to tell you.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of moving along there because, uh, I really, the, the early days of your family, I, I just, you know, there's, uh, like I said, when we started talking is that people just focus on, uh, what happened and, uh, they don't really talk about how talented these individuals were, and the fact that uh, the impact that the family had, and and it's 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 a tremendous honor that you guys were inducted into the WWE. I think that recognition is is tremendous, but I think that some of the story has been lost because when they do these you know, documentaries or uh, you know these stories, they they miss a lot of that. And when I do my podcast, uh, when I talk to people, I'm always fascinated, Kevin, by the path that people travel Um, because in many cases, and and it it certainly is true in other professions, other athletes, whatever they travel. But in many cases in the world of professional wrestling, many of these people that uh, become successful professional wrestlers, they travel an incredibly tough road. It is not an easy business. It is uh, fraught with, with, uh, you know, failures and setbacks and uh, rejection and, and, Yeah, and uh, I really wanted to talk to you about, um, you know, having that family, that early influence. How your dad brought you guys into the business and and trained you guys, and then what it meant to.
2: Let me tell you. Thank you for your question. That's so considerate of you. And let me say, my father was the best wrestler that I've ever known. I've I've heard the never heard the crowd react like they to this day. The way they did my father the way you know when the when you really have the crowd when they stomp their feet that rumble the building kind of vibrates oh yeah it only happens every five or six shows you know but when it does happen it's beautiful you know and uh and dad was that exciting you heard that song that sound constantly and it was like um you know he, he was he was that good and he was always a sellout. And so he was, and, and I can say the same, my brothers, they were all, you know, uh, I'll pat them all on the back. they were all so gifted. They packed the buildings and it was what it's all about. and seats. You know, that's the only thing that should matter. That's a, the only true barometer of a wrestler success. I would say is these, how many people will pay to watch you. Wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah. And, and what you know, the other, matter? yeah, the other big part of this, and I'm glad you, you kind of brought up about your father, but, and it's it's still true today that uh, you know we've seen thousands of of physical specimens, and we've also seen thousands who can do these you know tremendous moves in the ring. But the ones who make it, it, make it are the ones that can combine that, of course. But the psychology of of what happens in the ring and knowing an audience and how to bring them and it's it sounds to me because I never had the. Uh, the pleasure of meeting your father, but he was uh, someone who was very aware of that and uh, very good at 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 uh, recognizing how that worked in a ring. Oh, well, Sean, it passed it the on. same
2: way in football. I remember yeah. in football they were the same way. for who your father was, they wanted to know, and it was it's important. And I'm telling you, even today now, I can see the how what my dad handed down these jeans to Dave Curie and me. It was like wrestling was so second nature to us. It really? was unfair. Actually, Sean Sears is unfair because <laughs> we were too good at it. It was like we were born in that ring. And uh-huh. my sons, you just imagine that times too, because they were born on the road with me. And not only that, when they broke in, I sent them to Japan. I knew people would say that, you know, because you've born out she had it easy because that's what they said to me or my dad. exactly yeah. the same condition. And so I put them over in that dojo and the Japanese young boys. Two years of that bowing to everybody, building the ring, taking it apart, taking the trash out, living in a dojo. A thousand sit ups, push ups a day. A thousand of this. You know how they treat those kids. Yeah. And my kids stayed there and um, and gutted it out because I you know if you want to if you want to do it you'll pay the price and right. I have to say they did, Sean. I I don't know if I would have. People don't know this, and I almost ever said it. But of all the brothers, do you know who wanted to be a wrestler least was me. Really? I was. I wanted football. I wanted to play football until I hurt my knees. That was my plan. But um, yeah, it was uh, just a job. To, now, uh, once I got in the ring, I enjoyed myself. It would right. show. But uh, that was after, you know, after, you know, I decided. But. In the beginning, I did not. I, I planned on football.
1: No. Oh. How how early were you guys uh, in the ring when it when you when you could say that you were actually seriously training uh, to become professional wrestlers? Was that always kind of you? You knew that that's what your father wanted you to do, or did, did he mm-hmm. give you a choice?
2: No, son. Believe it or not, Dad wanted us to get college degrees and wanted us to do something else. I think he really didn't want really? to do. But I mean, you know, watching him in the ring—I guess it went down inside us. That I mean, to us, that was success. I mean, that was that was what I wanted to do. That was I thought, I thought he was great, you know, Sean. I thought my dad was great, and sort of my brothers. We just had the most idyllic childhood. And he made it that way. We lived out in the country, and nature was our brother. We were out yeah. before daybreak almost most days on horses or on foot, and always catching animals or something or just swimming in wild water just always having fun it was he gave us a great childhood we we're close probably because of that too but it was wrestling just it was just natural we loved our dad and that's what he did and we wanted to be like him and i don't think that's so well, it might be new in this day today but there was a time that was um Maybe nice, and normal, you know. Yeah. Obviously normal. We thought our dad was great. We loved him. We thought he was great. Did you
1: did you re- did you think that way then? Because a lot of us don't understand that. Because, uh, you know, uh, he, your dad was known to be someone who could be affectionate, I guess, but also a, a very tough on you. Uh, did it take you, you a know, while longer you know, into your adulthood to you realize what lessons in life he was teaching you?
2: Sean, let me tell. Let me, I'm so glad you told me that too, man. Let me say to everybody out there who didn't have a dad that loved him, I, man, you will bless you. Listen, you had a tough go. This is being, you might get, got dealt a crappy hand in life by having a dad that treated you like that, or maybe who knows even worse. But you come through that, you shine through that, and the glory that you'll have is, 10 times what it would have been i think any man can say uh, god is great when he's got a full stomach you know when you've got a lincoln continental parked outside but what do you say when you're empty stomach what do you say when you're suffering that's what counts if you've had a strike against you then use it use it because that's what it's all about we've got 100 years to prove to what team we're on who are you you know d- decide show who you are fight for it because folks don't believe what you hear it all does count it's all real important Treat each other as you would yourself love each other love each consider each other as more important than yourself and your life will be so good your way god will see you have a good day it, the bible says so it will go well with you and boy does that ever mean just that mm-hmm. try it the people call it karma but it's biblical it's just a fancy word for it try it y'all i'm telling you it You'll be so grateful, and it all starts with loving your dad, I guess, because I'm trying to think, why do I know this? Because I wasn't raised Christian. You know, my parents, we went to church on Easter, but we weren't raised Christian at all. It was something that came to me when my brothers were dying. I'd never really uh, got into it as deep as I did when I was really suffering, but I I can say that I was really down, and a bunch of people must have prayed for me because I had to have answers, and I sought him, and I did find him. And I can just say what works for Kev. I'm no teacher. You know, teachers will be judged different than a regular man, so I don't want to be judged any different. I just want to do my best and tell people what I know to be true. And so I can only say what works for me, but I know there is a a God and there is a devil who wants to ruin your day and steal all he can from you, treat each other like he's your brother, and your day will go well for you i promise you
1: yeah
2: remember jesus died for your sins and if you have a relationship with god and jesus is in your heart you can pray for anything and trust your decision because it'll be from him so ask him tonight while you're both gonna to go to sleep and your heart will be the best decision you ever made i promise pray you know
1: and first.
0: kevin
1: and, and yeah and kevin people uh wonder and I, I do want to talk to you about how you got through all that grief but um I want to hear more about the the, the best period of with, with with those those people that were in your life and um, a lot of people have heard of the WCW but I don't know we don't hear too much these days about the WCCW and uh, tell me about that uh, wrestling organization what the what uh, what something that your father was uh, I'm sure very proud of and what you were able to accomplish there you guys had great houses uh, when you guys were all together. Uh, was there a period of time, as you look back, that was, I guess, kind of the glory days that, uh, you know, that you just remember a period of time that was uh, just being with those guys and it just being a great period of your life?
2: Well, uh, I wouldn't say a great period. It's a great period. It's the only period, Auburn, when everything to hold it up against. My dad was yeah. president in the NWA, since I can remember. Um, all of the wrestlers who came by my house at one time or another, Andre, the Giant was a family friend, came to two of my yeah. high school football games and loved Andre. We were like brothers, came to two a day's basketball games. Kerry um, <laughs> came to Kerry's birthday party. Andre, shoot, we had the, uh, the, the bear, we had the wrestling bear come to our schools, you know, every year. We <laughs> were a wrestling family, all right. <laughs> but it was because, you know, my dad was, was president of the Alliance. But, uh, in those days it was different. There were territories. It was before the, before this, you know, so it's different now, but, uh, but, but then it was, um, yeah, that's the only way I, I knew it. that's all I grew up in.
1: It yeah. And, and and you think of some of the great names that came through the the territories there, you guys, you probably oh, saw yeah. them all right. With the, like you that, mentioned Andre, it. but all I'm sure many others come to That's
2: right. Yeah. It seems like, um, all of the big names, uh, came through um Texas came through world class. It's kinda like if you look through all of the champions, it was it seems like this is where we learned to uh we let our people, we let our wrestlers decide their own character. We didn't tell anybody how to act or who to be. We uh, wanted to be organic. And because uh, it was like that, I think a lot of guys like Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin were able to develop their own characters and and characters they made themselves up. Nobody has put as much thought into that character as he has, and you're crazy not to use that. But uh, that's what I found in the business. And so um, and so there are a lot of big names in wrestling because they it, it came from world class. It's almost like a who's who because guys were able to develop and, and be themselves here. We didn't have uh, backbiting in our dressing rooms. We had guys that wanted each other to do well so that we... You know, we had a time where our tickets sold so well, that scalpers bought them up before the Mm -hmm. people had a chance. We had to, in in fact, we had to raise prices because of that. (laughs) The scalpers were buying all of our big shows, all of our tickets up. So, you know, it could get, we had, we were crazy popular.
1: What kind of houses did you have? I mean, what kind of, how many thousand people would you have at at some of these shows?
2: Oh, it's Sean, you're talking about 19 years. I just can't. I can't sum it up in a few words. I can tell you this: uh, the Japan. I, my dad was over so well in Japan. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Everybody there knows who Fritz von Eric is. Everyone, and yeah. I mean, I don't care if you're a fan or not. I was watching a King Kong and uh, Godzilla movie, or, or Mecha Monster or whatever. You know, all those crazy monsters. There. And one of them put the claw on the other one. The Iron Claw. I've been heard of yeah. it. Are you in the claw?
1: You know, <laughs> 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 we scared the death I out of them. Scared them to death yeah, over there with that. Yeah. And then they they do with the thing with the claw, and then the blood would flow, and they would just go out of their their minds. Sure. Uh, I do want to get back to what we were talking about with as far as you know some of these great names that you and your family uh, came across early days, and 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 one of them that you had uh, a, a lot of uh, quite a relationship with Rick, is Rick Flair who uh you know that's I, I, all i have to do is mention his name but uh uh what was that experience to the experiences that you had working with rick
2: well you know rick's an artist you know he's, yeah he's he's rick and there, but i'll tell you this that's not to take anything away from dory or terry funk both those guys were great champions harley race was a great champion he Kept coming at you. He was always had it, he, and he knew the business the so well. But Dory and Terry Funk were like scientists. They knew a, a counter for everything, and they knew a way out of everything. Just like Jack Briscoe, another great champion. Jack Briscoe could pull a trick out of the hat any time in the match. You know, yes, and Rick has this too. But you know, I don't want to take away from the guys because I was lucky enough to wrestle all the champions in their prime, and I don't want anyone to be left out because they all had such good attributes and rick sure had his especially on the microphone but you know i just don't want to take away from your jack briscoe's and your thunk brothers and harley and and uh even dusty i mean there were some good champions out there
1: well with that with that in mind kevin though and let's let's speak in kind of general terms of these guys what is it about that and i guess we can call it old school i mean i guess it's an easy way to describe it but what is it about those guys in the way uh, they did business the way that they worked in the ring, and uh, that that separates them from that next generation. If you didn't come up through that, uh, say a family or connected to it.
2: Oh wow, well, Sean, I don't, you can go a lot of different directions with that question. I remember <laughs> it seems like whenever we'd have a good deal at a hoach, one the boys that screw it up, and it <laughs> doesn't seem like that's as bad a thing now. <laughs> I think now they appreciate what they've got.
1: <laughs> yeah. A but, than the old days. Yeah, but the but the way they the, the way they did things, like you said, everything with the psychology and uh you know
2: Oh, oh, uh huh. Yeah, for sure, Sean. You know, I like wrestling best when I go on my opponent. You know, I don't want a writer to be involved at all. Yeah. I want to work on the guy I'm wrestling with. I want to look him in the eye and see what he's up to. I want to listen to those people and react on that. I want the match to go that way. If, if if it feels right, go with it, and you know if you get corrected, you get corrected. But it all looks good. I mean, that's you know when I say corrected, because both men are working. You know, it's just there's two there's a different way to work. Uh, my sons are going to be on television on NBC Saturday nights after Saturday Night Live, and it's a new kind of wrestling. It's called World Class Revolution. Well, folks, the Vonnert generation is uh, about to make a full revolution. My sons have been trained, and they've gone out and seen the world. They've been uh, on every continent, and they've wrestled. They have you know every style. They've got a great repertoire now, and my sons are wrestling a style.
1: Let's watch this different type. I think it's time for a change in wrestling. All right. I love. Do you this. see it happening with the, we what we're seeing uh, now with the you NSA know, Ring of Honor, and uh, you know what Cody Rhodes is doing, and. Uh, some of these other uh, independent uh, organizations that are, are really starting to, you know, uh, Major League Wrestling—they've got uh, Fusion now. They've got a new cable deal. Do you see? Uh, I don't know. A, a, like I think you just said, evolution of these you know, organizations. These
2: are the kind of names. These are the kind of names that I think are going to be coming to us. That I think that this is a natural flow the business is going in, and mm-hmm. I think that your top wrestlers are going to be drawn towards this, just like moths to a flame. I think we're all gonna we're all gonna benefit
1: from this, all of us. And and why do you think that? It, 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 why is it different than the product that we've you know so grown uh, grown so accustomed to? With I with don't the know. WWE? Sean,
2: I think I think to me it's almost maybe it's gone stagnant. Maybe mm-hmm. it's uh, it's too predictable. Maybe it's too uh, I don't know too. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's got too much of a trademark on it. It's almost like. Um, uh, i just think every every okay let's it. i'll put it this way in real estate the old rule of thumb used to be every seven years your property doubles you know and, and that's kind of how any investment would be well if yeah. seven to ten years and wrestling is overdue for a change it's mm. been 20. so it, since the bond it has been 30 and it's going to be a beautiful revolution and it's going and, and let's instead of me try to define it and pick it apart and tell you what it is or isn't the yeah. proof is going to be on, the, on that screen on that TV TV screen. So watch the boys watch, uh, come up their first match. They just had it. And, uh, and I know it's, you are going to like it.
1: So watch what comes up. Where uh, could uh, they, where can people catch seconds. this?
2: It's, uh, NBC. It's going to be on Saturday night after Saturday night live. Uh, and it's a really? world class revolution. Yeah, it's in okay. 172 markets, but it's going to be growing.
1: Wow, that's that's awesome. And uh, how did how did uh, your kids get involved? How the boys get involved? That that. So I, you
2: wouldn't believe me if I told you, but it was just prayer. I knew that it was not in one man's hand. I'm, I trust God with all my heart, and I said, God, there's, if they're pay, they're giving it a hundred percent, Lord. And I know you will not let them down. I pray for a miracle, and the miracles here are shown. Watch this. It's just going to be beautiful. It's <laughs> going to be so organic, so natural, something that has not seen in a long time, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, well,
1: you, you mentioned that, uh, that uh, your faith has carried you a long way. Um, mm-hmm. But going back and, and uh, you know, uh, losing losing those those brothers that were so close to you um i'm a lot of people wonder like how in the world you could get through that i mean i couldn't imagine uh what it's like and i've been blessed that i haven't lost someone that's close to me like that that's a brother or a child and i don't know if there's any greater grief someone could experience how did you get through it
2: man i'll tell you it's it can do one of two things to you. It can either make you hate the world, like, easy way to go, yeah. or it can do something else to you, and I don't mean something you choose. I mean, it can make, it can make you see suffering in a whole different way. You don't want anybody, what you want, I mean, you just, and, and when you, I find it like, you hurt them because you see it, and I think it turned my ears on to a way that I didn't have before, but, I just, I, I, I just would, I hate for that. For, oh, just but I do well on my race. That I, that I remember my treasure is not on earth, but on up in heaven. You know? yeah. and, and and so I'm just going to do my best and let him keep the score. You know, and just, just because that's what it's all about to me. Is what side are you on? Who are we? we get a hundred years just to prove it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're lucky, you get hundred years. Most guys are can get twenty five like Dave. You know, not most yeah. of but a lot of them do. Uh, but he knew, and uh, there's, you know, life is tough, but a man has to be tough, and so you got up and take it. I know that you, a lot of you were dealt a bad hand. Your father was this or that, and didn't yeah. wasn't there, and, and and I know we, but we've all got terrible stories, y'all. The more you bounce back, the higher your glory is, in a in a, re, in a payment and God will repay you in secret. Trust me on this. You've, I'm not a preacher. I'm just telling you, as your neighbor, as your brother, Kev.
1: Well, well, Kevin, and uh, and one thing that uh, certainly has touched your life is suicide. I lost my, my father when I was uh, 18 uh, to suicide. Um, yeah. And and one thing that people don't understand, and I I heard an interview that you had done, and we're taught they were talking about Carrie. And you know that uh, I got to know Carrie very well. We got to do a lot of appearances together, and. Just uh, one of the uh, nicest uh, people, not just superstars that ever. Nicest person, you know, one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And uh, I I heard an interview you did, and where he was uh, in a really, really bad place, and was talking about ending his life. And you did everything you could, and yet you still lost him. You couldn't get there in time. And uh, people, I think, that have kind of this idea that yeah, there's something you can do. You can. You can keep them from doing something like that, and you—you you, when it comes down uh, to it, you can't. And and you know, it's—it's yeah. today. It's, it's I think that's, that that, uh, especially coming from you, a message. We have got a lot of young people out there that that reach this uh, this pit where they feel yeah. there is no other answer. Yeah,
2: yeah. The veterans, you remember these veterans? Okay. So many a day, it's incredible. You know, it is so heinous. That is the most. Horrible thing I can imagine. You know, listen. Some people you might be thinking that's an an out, but Sean Elzer, where were you when you lost your dad?
1: But I was 18.
2: Oh, you were 18.
1: Yeah, yeah. But he was he was. Oh, uh, he was uh, it's like a whole week, <laughs> we could go into the whole uh, history of. But he was somebody that was uh, a pretty uh, abusive person. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't uh, you know a good situation. But at the same time, it's your father, you know, and uh, yeah. uh, I and then, I look uh, today uh, and there's so many kids out there that ha- are, that are struggling and it's, it's, uh, I, I just, you know, think that we've, we have to yeah, get out there and have to so, talk hey, to hey,
2: Look, kids. Bud, Look, but there you are, 18 year old kid, you got kicked in the nuts and now look at you kicking ass on radio, bud. Way to go. You fought through it, man. A light shines in the dark, you know, in the storm is when people need the light, man. Way to be, buddy. Sean, and I'm telling you, man, that you took a win out of a fire, man. Good
1: job. Yeah, but I think that a message uh, from you, and uh, like you said, I don't, I don't know if there's any other the depths that you that you know you came from, and to hear that there is well, there is uh, light, Sean, you know, is, is yeah. Uh, but you
2: tell me that, but you know, really, I didn't have a choice. You know, yeah. you did the same thing. What could I do? Lay down and die? You know, my, my brother, we I adored him, I loved him, but. I got a wife and I have a a baby, you know, I got to, I got to gut gut up, you know, I got to be tough. And so I did have to, but Sean, you would have too. You would have Mm -hmm. done it too, man, because I didn't have a choice, you know?
1: But with so much tragedy though, in your family though, and I, and I, and I uh, I saw the, another interview where you said that you knew that uh, that, the devil wanted you. I mean, they wanted you dead because you were supposed to follow, I guess, in this, this, uh, tragic, you know, path, but what, yeah, yeah but what was it know. that made you said, no, this is not, not going to be my choice in life. I'm going to, to live. I'm going to, uh, yeah. move on.
2: When you sit around, when you sit around that Thanksgiving table that used to be or Christmas, cause we always ate together. Yeah. And, or when I'd get in a ring and I'd see High Kyiv or Hi Dave, or how the brothers taught you, we, how'd we, you know, all the brothers were main eventers, and so they all had marks a lot, and we signed autographs in the corner. And so they'd always write a message to one of us on the on the turnbuckles, you know. And I guess the they'd leave it up there because you know they you know it's made them like remember our brothers or whatever. But you know, I'd see stuff that would remind me of of them, you know. And it'd be like hard, man. It was really tough, but you know, it was once I, once I, you know once it started to be painful for me i got out because i knew it would be it would lead to a bad thing i wanted mm-hmm. people to see me into my myself or, or not see me at all
1: so uh we mentioned being in hawaii uh and you said that you know some people you know go and just go away and go to paradise or whatever and leave everything behind but you said you had you had nothing else your whole family was gone basically
2: well that's it I, I, being kind of rootless, you know, uh, yeah. a lot of people couldn't just take up and move to Hawaii because, you know, you have responsibilities. I and I did, I had a mother, you know, and, uh, but I was able to move her out here and she loved orchids. And so I was able to put her in a place where she could raise her orchids and all. In fact, she lived here on the property with us and her room, this beautiful view. And, and when she passed away, it was really beautiful in the natural way. It was way she deserved, a lady wow. that loved her children so much and was hurt so bad, you know, it's just yeah.
1: she did her best, but
2: you know, we're
1: human. So was that really a new beginning in a sense? Do you look at it that way when you went to uh, Kauai?
2: Did, like it was a new beginning, kind of like? Yeah. Um I guess so, yeah. Uh, I I'd planned on doing it for a long time, but only after my son got out of uh, high school and, and got through with this football could we do that you know and so uh, uh, and so um, and, and also I, I was watching the market and it wasn't right and when it would, when the the market did turn and it was time to pull the trigger on it we did and thank goodness we didn't wait too long because mm-hmm. we got out there just uh, but um, we you know um, it was like jumping off a cliff you know there's a time when you've leaned so far forward, you can't do anything but jump.
1: And so I got <laughs> myself to that point on purpose. Wow. Are you, are you really isolated there? Or is it, uh,
2: you yeah, know, I'm really a lot of neighbors around. around? Huh? You don't hear jets fly over here. You know, there's no, the, you know, you don't hear airplanes. It's just like completely quiet. You're, you know, we do have roosters because of the, you know, and Niki blew over the rooster. People used to fight roosters, and and, and here, and uh, they got loose. And you know, they, now they don't do it anymore. I know a lot of animal lovers would go nuts, and I sure don't get that one because these chickens love to fight. And now <laughs> that they're all out of their cages, they're fighting anyway. So yeah. don't figure that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's hey, funny. You know,
2: and tell me this: you remember those days when people smoked in there in the buildings?
1: No. Oh yeah, yeah. That included some yeah. of the boys. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. but
2: i can remember by, by the time the last match came you couldn't even see the ring it was so yeah, oh yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah those were and they
2: talked about secondhand smoke
1: yeah
2: you know they talked about how bad secondhand smoke is think about if anybody would show that it would be either us or rock stars you know that have people smoking in the arena you know the people that do hours you know couple two-hour shows you know those people are the people that would be exposed to that's who they should have used as test subjects to decide
1: if secondhand smoke was dangerous. <laughs> no kidding. Cause they, they inhaled enough of it. Uh, I think I did sure you, did. Yeah, did you basically, uh, really, uh, hang it up in 2005? Is that when you, uh, you know, I know you've done a few other things since then, but was that pretty much the point where you decided that, uh, you were done?
2: Yeah, I, I did. I didn't, uh, I, I Roddy Piper was a friend of mine, and called yeah. me up and wanted me to do something, and and so I, I went and did a Piper spit thing with him, and and uh, but other than that, you know, I was done and didn't want to come back. I just wanted to, I I'd become a farmer, you know. I love I love I'd always wanted to be a farmer, and mm-hmm. out here I raise sheep and and uh, ducks and fish and fruit, and so on, and I spear fish, and so I'm the guy to see if you want any of that, and my neighbors know it, and it's.
1: It's a great place. It's yeah. a great way to live. It does. It sounds like it sounds like a great life for, for anybody who who's able to, to do it. But uh, uh it's it's kind of amazing. I mean you were barefoot in the ring. I imagine you're probably maybe you're barefoot there. Uh when, when did that what did that come about? were you a, a superfly uh, fan? Is that what it what it started with or no? No, I took my boots off before Snooker did. <laughs> I think I did. So I where'd that come from? Why why did you it. go without the Without the boots, you felt better in the ring? Jimmy
2: and I were always buddies, but
1: uh,
2: I just, uh, you know, I had knee surgery. I I had quite a few knee surgeries. And so when you had, I wore wore leather boots back in that day, and, you know, with the socks we wear, they soak up sweat, and that's a lot of weight. And Mm -hmm. so one night, I I just thought, screw it, I left my boots. I'm going to wrestle barefoot. And uh, I loved it, man. It felt so good to me. I thought i would never going to wear them again. And, it, it, you know, I was able to fly. I felt like I, like the law of gravity didn't apply anymore. And so that's why I did all that crazy stuff, too. <laughs> I just felt great because, because from, you know, when your feet have all that soap, sweat soaked in your socks and your boots, too, that's a lot of weight. And, and, and enough for me that when I took my boots off, it felt so good. I felt like just showing off. I guess that's why I did it. I was showing off.
1: Was there ever uh, any incidents where uh it might have been better if you were wearing boots? Did you ever have anything bad happened? Uh, I would imagine well, like yeah, leaping outside the ring.
2: Cigarettes. I hate that I hate stepping on cigarettes. That was a major <laughs> uh, skill for me. I could imagine other than that other than that though, no, I I never heard, I've, I've had cows and horses step on my bare feet before. them it's just um I've got good, solid, sturdy feet, and by going barefoot, my feet stay healthy. You know, um, strong, and I don't have foot problems. Yeah, and none of my uh, kids don't wear shoes.
1: Yeah, um, you know, uh, through the years, I mean, you, 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 and your family can never be separated from professional wrestling. Uh, you're now in the Hall of Fame, um, but do you ever uh, look back? And uh, think about what wrestling brought to your life and what it took away.
2: Yeah, I do a lot, man. I, I, you know, I'll tell you, every day, I, um, you only sleep for about four hours a night. I don't mm. need a lot of sleep. And so, um, you know, so I, I've done a lot, but I do lay still, you know, I and I, I meditate, I suppose. I just... Um, uh, I think about that a lot. And, Sean, I can only think that I've been completely, totally blessed. I think mm-hmm. I may not win the award, but I think I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I've, by losing what I've lost, I've lost my life, and that's family. There's nothing like family. That's nothing of else that's going to last. Your family is, is everything. And I lost mine, and it gave me a perspective to look at that, I didn't want to lose this second one, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I would I, I tell you, if you put your kids. if you, I adore my kids. I mean, I, I adore everything my sons did. My daughters, too. I just, I scout mom. You know, I just, I, mean, I, I couldn't stand them, sitting them to kindergarten. I just, some people can't do it because of, you know, because it takes so much money to raise kids, but. If you can, it'll be the most fun you ever had. Put mm-hmm. all of your heart, into it and you'll love it because it's the best, most—it's the greatest gift to man can have. It's raising his sons.
1: Well, and with that, Kevin, you mentioned that they're—they're they're involved in the business now, and and it sounds like they've got a, a great opportunity coming their way. Did you uh, early on was this something they want they they wanted you to do? Did you ever want to steer them away from it? and have them go in a different direction? Or how did, that, how did they end up doing this?
2: Well, I, I did tell, you know what, like Sean, you know, um, when I, uh, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm sorry, but you do know, say that. I, I know that some people had a terrible experience with their dad in it. But uh, what I'm saying is take that and try to turn it into lemonade. That's what I mean. Try to yeah. it, stop that cycle now, you know, so it doesn't go away because it's indestructive. That, that's, that's, but, but as far as what you just said, then, uh, Yasha, and I, my dad, or I did try to turn my son's away. I remember saying, do you want to walk like me? Like this? Do you want to be hunched over most of the day? I mean, he's seen my wrestler friends come over to visit me over here. You know, and he saw Tommy Rogers hobbling all over. I said, do you want to look like us? And I said, dad, yeah, of course we do. You know, and I and. Uh, then I remembered what it was like. I wanted to be like my dad too. I just—what can you say? You know, just—they're men. They can do what they want. Just I just offered that opportunity
1: I could, and they make their call. Cool. Yeah, it's in their blood. I don't think you can do anything about yeah. it, Kevin. I think uh, so. I think so. So are Ross and Marshall any good?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, in fact, they've already—they have—they've invented moves. All right. They have really? seen no one else to do that they've done. So, yeah, stay, you know, uh, fire away and fall back because it's coming. <laughs> I well, think you're going to be surprised. In fact, call me after it's over. Tell me what
1: you think. I will. I'd love to. Uh, you know, folks, I mean, you got to watch out for Ross and Marshall Von Erik as the Von Erik family lives on here, and they're going to be uh, involved in it. What's it called again, Kevin?
2: It's World Class Revolution. And we'll World be press on June 2nd pressure. on Saturday night,
1: after Saturday night live NBC. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to be doing my homework now on that. Uh, I really want to thank you for for coming on, Kevin. I really i have wanted to talk to you for a long time. I think that we met once or twice. I think you were at some of the events that Carrie was at, but uh, really um, you're a, a shining example to people of, of, uh, you know, moving on and, 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 uh, uh what you've lived through I think is just incredible but uh, you made a choice that uh, you know you were you were going to have your family and and they're doing very well and you live in a beautiful place I think a lot of people would love to live in Kauai, but uh, really thank you so much for coming on primetime.
2: Well thank you man I appreciate it it's a pleasure talking to you have a great show and uh, and man all my love to everybody.
1: Uh, that was awesome talking with Kevin Von Erich. I think, you know, I'd met him along the way, uh, at some of the house shows. Um, I was a lot closer, as I mentioned, when I was talking to him with Kerry, one of the, uh, most awesome uh, superstars I ever worked with. We did a lot of stuff together. We did uh, many, and many appearances and I'll tell you, it just broke my heart when, uh, I heard of his death and what was, uh, really heartbreaking about it is that you, uh, you know, that, um, Kevin had talked to him that day. He knew he was in a bad place. Kevin had called him and told him he was in a bad place and yet he couldn't save him. And, uh, you know, just, just the losses in that guy's life and the fact that he has gone forward and, 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 you know, in many of these podcasts, uh, guys, um, uh, I, I hope you get the message about people and what, uh, you know, this perseverance, this, the, 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 soul of these people that, you know, refuses to let them quit. And Kevin has said, said it many times. I mean, can you imagine, you know, you lose all those brothers, uh, you know, with the tragedies and the, and the suicides. And he, he said, you know, they would, I, I just felt that, that, you know, that draw, that that was what was supposed to happen to me. And then he emerged and said, no. And uh, he's moved to Hawaii now and he has his family there. And, uh, you know, his, his immediate family is gone, but he is living on. And, uh, really just, uh, it was great talking with Kevin Von Erich. I wish him the best of luck and watch out for his sons. I, you know, that the, uh, you know, the, the legends, uh, continue, the family continues on here, the Von Erich family. And I did a little homework on this and, and starting June 2nd, uh, this, uh, this June, uh, on, uh, NBC, uh, they're going to have world-class revolution, uh, as he mentioned during the podcast. Now i don't know how these uh programs are going to be airing uh it's said that it's airing on k n s f now I don't know if that's in the area where where um where the guys are where where that uh station is but I think that maybe in some of these places it's it's like syndication, but it comes on after saturday night live and um both both his both his sons marshall and ross von Eric, are going to be involved in this and you know here here you go here's another independent operation that uh you know, is emerging, and uh, it's happening on uh, June 2nd, uh, 2018. world- class revolution. Look out for it. Uh, I'll tell you uh, this week, I've got a lot happening guys. Um, I'm heading back back east. I wish I could give you more details, and I'm going to give you some hints here. but I'm going to be heading back east to uh, the land of the WWE visit with a couple of my pals. I think uh, Paul Smackage might be there. Um, anyways, I'm going to be telling you all about it in the coming weeks. I'm really excited about uh, seeing my friends uh, with the WWE. Also, I'll be in Providence, Rhode Island at the New England Fan Fest, which is happening on Saturday, June 2nd. If you're in the area, please come on by. Uh, once again, I want to remind you, check out our tees. Will you? T- go to MooneyTees.com. Those are some great designs. We've got more coming. And uh, be a part of Moon Nation and, of course, pick up your Sean Mooney Who t-shirt. Uh, also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Our, all you have to do is go to primetimemooney.com to uh, join that large group that it keeps getting bigger every day, and we will continue to put up great content and bonus material as these uh, numbers continue to mount. Be sure and follow us on social media. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at Primetime Mooney. Uh, we've also got Facebook. We've got our Facebook page, Primetime with Sean Mooney. Anyway, I want to also give a big thanks, a big shout-out to our sponsor, Dollar Shave Club. Guys, clean up your bathroom and your morning routine. Join Dollar Shave Club today, and for just $5 with free shipping, you're going to get that six-blade executive razor plus trial sizes of shave butter, body cleanser, and one-wipe Charlie's. And then keep the blades coming for a few bucks a month. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash primetime. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash primetime. As I said, I'm heading back east. I might have a few surprises for you guys next week after I visit with my friends with the WWE. Till then, thanks for listening. I'm Sean Mooney, and I'm out.
0: The world of NLW Radio never stops. Simplicity and ease is what you get when you host your podcast with Audio Boom. You can post up to five episodes per month. You get unlimited storage and 500 minutes of recording time for each episode. Plus, advanced analytics, embeddable players, distribution of your podcast via Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Sovin, Spotify, and Stitcher. Pending approval by each platform. Right now, you can sign up for Audioboom's $9.99 monthly subscription plan and get your first month free by using promo code BOOM. That's B-O-O-M for one month free of hosting and distribution. Sign up for our $9.99 monthly subscription plan today.